live inside of Sanford Hall, home of 91.9 The Buzz, and this is The Final Buzz. Welcome everyone listening in. I am your host, Danny Wall. Alongside with me is the sports director for WVGS 91.9, Jordan Tony. What's going on? We're not alone this time. We're not alone. We have a full staff this time. I'm joined by two of our expert analysts, Holden Galatis and Griffin Lale. Holden Griffin, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you very much. It's so good to be back here. Man, I love it. I love it. Gotta love it. Oh, it's, it's great to be back, and it's great to be recognized for what we are, and that's expert analyst. Uh, yeah, that word. We are expert analysts. <laughs> Analyst. I got a degree. I can say the word. <laughs> got, that's the reason you got the degree. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I'm I still working it. on it. Well, still working on it. Well, we have a jam-packed show for you tonight. We got college football, team chaos, upset city, whatever you want to call it, a new top 25. The football season for NFL starts this Thursday. Finally. Broncos and Panthers. We'll get all into the week one predictions later on in the show. But we're going to start with top stories. We each have our own top story to bring to the table. And I'm going to start with a very controversial First one in one, Colin Kaepernick. Now, last week, this was a, a pretty big deal. A lot of people upset that Kaepernick did not want to stand for the National Anthem in the preseason game. And interestingly enough, there have been other athletes that, are going, that have been joining Kaepernick in his cause. Some sitting down during the National Anthem, some taking a knee instead. And it was one of the soccer players for the women's national team. I think it was Megan Rapinoe. Megan Rapinoe. Rapinoe, yeah. Rapinoe. She had made a good comment saying that it was wrong the way we criticized Colin Kaepernick and the issue of police brutality in America should be addressed and we should all listen to Kaepernick. And I agree with what she has to say because we as Americans seem to be over-patriotic at sometimes. When someone disrespects the national anthem or the American flag or anything America of that sort, we, t- we go to the extreme. We we don't reason, we don't compromise, we just go straight into hate God's country and everything. I like that we should, I like what Kaepernick is standing for. I'm not saying that I am for sitting down during the national anthem or anything. It was a good protest by Kaepernick, but I think we should talk about it going forward. A lot of athletes are agreeing with him. What do you guys think? Uh, what I think what it comes down to is I, I respect the fact that, you know, he's using his constitutional right. I think that the issue of police brutality does need to be addressed in this country. However, my one issue with it, and it's not even a political issue, but it's the fact that right now this is creating a huge distraction for the team that's just preparing for week one and eventually, you know, hopefully preparing to make a playoff run. For me, it, it's it's and the point that Megan Rapinoe made is that the coverage of Colin Kaepernick 
isn't so much on the cause that he's protesting it's it's how he's protesting and which is a little disheartening to think that oh this man is doing is causing such a big ruckus that none of none of this light is being shed to his cause and i agree with with you in saying in saying that i don't necessarily agree with the method in which he is in which he is protesting however he's an american he has his right to protest just like and, and like you and i do i love it I think overall. I think it's great what he's doing. He's being he's first one that I've seen in my entire life does not stand during the national anthem. He sat down because he's doing his using his constitutional rights to promote what he believes. And you know what? He's sitting during the national anthem. I get it. It's not. It's like I guess anti patriotic, but it's what he believes in, and he's showing his stand, and he's using his power as a professional athlete to show that. But the only thing I do not love about it is the the reaction that it's withdrawing from local and local uh, enforcement and I've heard reports, this is just reports it's not confirmed, it's just reports saying that local police will uh, protest being at the state, being Levi Stadium's first home game of the season and they will not report to their positions during the game, leaving you know not really a whole lot of security for the fans at the game. That's the only thing I do not like about it. Other than that, I love what he's doing. And, and that's a, a very serious issue considering that football starts this Sunday, starts this week. I mean, yep. Monday Night Football, the Rams are coming to San Francisco in that first game of the year. You want to have that security. And I've told people before when, when the news broke out last week that I didn't I don't disagree with what he did. I'm not saying I agree with him sitting down there as the national anthem. I'm not saying I disagree. I'm saying that I understand the reason why he's doing it, and it's going. It's a good cause. He may have went at it the wrong way, but I understand why he's doing it. And you got other NFL players that are standing up. And another interesting topic is that even though he's not the starting quarterback for the 49ers, he's still he still made the cut for the 53-man roster. There were some talks about people protesting to kick Colin Kaepernick out of San Francisco, and also there have been an increase in sales for Colin Kaepernick's jersey since the protest started. Nice. So It's mixed mixed reactions from all sorts of people, but call me crazy. Now, do you think this would have drawn the same kind of reaction which he wanted? I, I don't think he maybe not intended for the negative reaction on him, but he wanted people more realization. Do you think that he would have gotten that awareness had he just said something in an interview? No. It took something bold like this. No. no well, see, nobody would have uh, – nobody would have uh, – talked about this as much if he did something different did not stand during exactly. the national anthem. Well, because the thing is, he actually did do something before he didn't stand for the national anthem. I know the picture's actually getting spread out now, but he actually did it right at the beginning of training camp. The socks. Oh, yeah, yeah, the and socks. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah, that, that too. That happened before he did. I didn't see it. And see, but, but then, yeah, because then they that he had the state and hadn't been out. So, like, now that's out, like, it, it took something bold like that for people to actually bring awareness to it and actually be like, wow, like, maybe we should listen to his cause. Something remember, like that. remember the ESPYs, all the, all the athletes sitting up there telling everyone calling out athletes hey it's your time to take a stand and, and these I issues agree. are now and and yeah. a good, good job for Colin for standing up I'm absolutely 100% for standing up for what you believe in and following through with that and, and, I'm, and I'm proud of him and mm-hmm. he, he, he's using his avenue as an athlete to bring a bring to bring forward the real issues and he I'm sold, glad about that he sold more jerseys in the month of August than he did in the last eight months beforehand combined mm. the funny thing is about the like Griffin, Griffin said about the SPs people were saying we agree with that you know, like that, like that's great for of those uh, LeBron James, Camelo, D Wade, and I can't remember who the fourth person was. I, it was Chris Paul. Chris Paul, that's Chris right, Paul, that's right. Um, to do that, they're saying yes, that's right. It's something that needs to be. And now, when someone actually 
take goes through with that, it's like I don't know. It's like he burned the American flag or something like it's that. The, it's the equivalent to someone saying, "Be yourself," and then you be yourself and say, "No, not that way." <laughs> that's, that's pretty much no, it. the yourself we want you to be yeah. or something like that. So. Final question about this topic: Do y'all see Colin? Because Ka- I, I was asked this question earlier. Do y'all see Colin Kaepernick the same way? after as the same way before because when I was asked do you see Colin Kaepernick any differently I don't because Colin Kaepernick's just a guy you know he I mean yeah he's making like over 100 million dollars and he's a backup quarterback now but I don't really like his his uh his protest and what he did I don't see him any differently you know, I don't see Kaepernick as an outcast or a communist or you're anti-American. You know, he he had he exercised his First Amendment right to stand up for or sit down for what he believed in. <laughs> I have to agree. I would, I would say on the contrary, it's it's I I see him in a higher manner. I to be honest, I wasn't the biggest Colin Kaepernick fan to begin with, but now I would say I see him in a, in a higher manner. Not necessarily in his athletic play. That's a whole other story. But but it, as far as being a person goes, Colin is definitely like flip the switch I'm, at least in my mind I'm on the same page with Griffin there I know there was some pro- I, I before this happened I kind of just I didn't respect him that much because he, he's get paid that big contract and then he's back up to who Blaine Gabbert I think it is yeah. and now but I, and then there were some issues when he was benched you know some issues yeah. with him per, outside the off the field but now this happens and I just I have to respect him more as a man than as and that's not a being as a football player right. a football player you still have a 7 year 114 million dollar contract and then you're on the bench but sure. at that, you stood up for what you believed in in a very bold manner. I respect that. What about you, Jordan? Uh, you know, I, I agree with you, Danny. I still look at him as the same. Like, he's still just calling Kaepernick. Yeah, and, and, and like, when I say that, I don't mean as if, like, I don't I, I don't look at, like, I disrespect him. Mm-hmm. Like, I I have the same respect for Colin Kaepernick before and after. I didn't okay. lose any respect for what he did. I agree. And I understand why he did it. And I'm not gonna say I gained respectful, but I I just understand why he did it, and it was a good it was a good protest, and it was a good cause, and now you got athletes wanting to speak up and wanting to stand out and sit down or take a knee during the national anthem, and I guarantee you this is gonna go this is not gonna go away. This is gonna get oh, not at all with NFL with Week One starting out this Thursday and also this Sunday and Monday night. Of course, you can't see it for college because it's a little bit different. You know, there's student athletes. You can't really do some their stuff. scholarship is on the line. That's their mm-hmm. education that's, as well. Coaches have a little more control. That's different. So it's going to be interesting. Now, hold Actually, in. Let's let's go to your wait, I have one it? final question to ask okay. you, and, and then we'll move on. Do you think we will ever reach the point where we have an entire football team that sits down? No, I I don't I don't think so. I maybe. wouldn't say yes on on like I said like a D one Power Five, but maybe like a smaller school, like maybe historically black college. Maybe they would might, might get together and say, yeah. hey, something's got to be done. It's it's one thing to have a team of fifty three guys all agree with one simple thing. Yeah. I mean, they were teammates when it happened. They were teammates for the 49ers who were for Kaepernick. There were some who were against it. Mm-hmm. It's different to have a team of, full, of 53 be on the same page compared to when the WNBA, when one of the teams had, wore exactly. Black Lives Matter oh. shirts and they were trying to garner protests. You have a smaller amount of people to join for that one cause. So, nah, I don't see a full team. I see a good bit of people doing mm-hmm. it. I see, like, I was going to say, like, maybe in a couple weeks, maybe even this, maybe in week one, maybe we see, like, five guys do it because I'm sure Kaepernick might do the same thing again. There was a Seahawks player. Yeah. One of their defensive players. Yeah. I couldn't. I can't. I, his name not on the top of my head. And then maybe we see three more guys join him this weekend. And you know, maybe maybe that starts. Maybe that actually brings some more awareness to the situation. All right, hold on. Let's go to your top story. Good old Tim Tebow. Good old Tim Tebow. <laughs> he never seems to go away. 
Nope. He's always coming back in some way. First, it was football. Then again, football. Then as the ESPN analyst. Yep. And now, here we are, everyone. In case you haven't heard the news, baseball. Baseball. Dun, dun, dun. That's his new attempt at coming back to this limelight. And quite frankly, it's upsetting because our hometown, Atlanta Braves, are the old number one team. Uh, to possibly give him a contract. And I, I asked this question earlier before we went on the air, and I'll ask it openly for for y'all to answer. Um, if the Braves do sign Tim Tebow, how quick do you see him actually making the official MLB roster? Do you see them signing Tebow and it's like, oh, we're going to send butts and seats. We're opening up the new stadium next next fall. We're going to have T- Tebow on the roster and everything. Mm. Or do you see him having to go through, go to like maybe double A AA or triple A, going all the way down to single A and to work his way up into the organization? Personally, I if, if, the if, I put exaggeration on the if here, if he were to make it to the pros, to the bigs, I would say maybe like I would move. I said well, we off air. I said maybe two to three years, but I'm up that to three or four years on the sole fact that the Braves now have the number one farm system and in entire and all of baseball. Um, and so, do you honestly think Tim Tebow, a guy, is going to come up here who hasn't played baseball in eleven years and then just blow all them out and then make it to the bigs before SunTrust Park? I just don't see it happening. I honestly think he would have a hard time making it past Double A. Yeah, and I have to agree. Like you see, these kids getting drafted out of high school nowadays, mm-hmm. and drafted doesn't even mean single A. Drafted means like leagues below single A like and farm leagues and farm leagues. leagues and all that. And, all, I, and only really, like top four, like top four rounds, those picks go to straight to triple single A because those are guys that think they can make it to the bigs in a couple years. Agreed. And really, quite frankly, Tebow is nowhere near that caliber of baseball player. Uh, the fact that the Braves are interested, it, it appalls me. I don't know why. Um, well, it, why is because of, and I, I was reading the scouting, looking at the scouting report. There's potential for him to be a good outfielder because he does have some good, he does have good decent speed, and he has a good arm. As you can see, if you haven't seen a picture of Tim Tebow recently, he is pretty. It looks like he's been hitting the weight room quite a bit, so, and he does have player. good arm. He was a football um, player, in a regardless. Player. But like, but hitting wise, hitting wise, it's not. I don't think it's there. But I, the only reason I think I saw him was. Maybe for jersey sales and possibly he could be a good third string I would outfielder. Have, I would agree with everything you guys said if he wasn't Tim Tebow. <laughs> but the fact that he's Tim Tebow, and I don't care what the Braves say, I don't believe what the Braves say, and how we believe in him as a baseball player. No, I know. I think they know they have a new stadium coming up. Their team is garbage. They know they're going to have to sell season tickets. Straight garbage, I have to say. Yeah. And they're they, the worst they, team in the NL? Oh, they're the worst team in baseball. Yeah. Oh wow, worst team in baseball. They wow. know they're going to sell season tickets. They know they're going to sell. They know they're going to need to sell tickets. Period for that new stadium. I guarantee you, Tim Tebow will be on the major league roster first day next season. Whoa, uh, that's that. Hey, do, do we need another bet here? Betting <laughs> on bold. a Tim Tebow jersey or something like that here. That is bold to say. Week one, the first game, opening day. I see Tim Tebow. You know, I do. The Braves could sign him. They'll send him the winter ball, and he'll be on the spring training roster. And then he may go to Double A because he's Tim Tebow. I understand because I can understand what you're saying, Jordan. I understand what you're saying, Holden. That he's not just because he's Tim Tebow, he's not going to make it on the main roster. Then again, he's Tim Tebow. Do you really think they'll put him in the farm leagues or single A? Well, there's gonna no. be billboards. I think Atlanta there's gonna be he's gonna be Double A, maybe even go to Triple A in Gwinnett. For for sure. So I uh, this is this isn't football, man. This is this is this is baseball. Like you like you those guys in AAA. Those are guys that like we need to be able to call on them when our someone in our pro system hurt. Ha- is hurt or someone that we think they're ready. Like Dansby Swanson, exactly. Tim Tebow. I I will put money on this right now Let's if I had to. Ooh, Tim bet. Tebow will not make it to AAA. 
If he's the, okay, we're talking about all this. He hasn't even been surely given a contract yet. That is true. That's true. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about the. Give us a, give it a couple weeks, and we'll yeah. see if it talks progress. But if he does, <laughs> if he does make it to the Braves for some crazy reason, he will not make it past AAA. All right, so now, Griffin, we're going to go to your top story. All right, my top story is a little bit on the sad side. Everyone remembers and has probably heard about Nebraska punter Sam Fultz. He was killed along with Michigan State punter. I don't have his name in front of me at the moment. In a car, single-car traffic accident on July 23rd. Mike Sadler. Mike Sadler. Good call. Good looks, Jordan. Well, thank you. Well, <laughs> those two passed away. In May, while at a punting camp, another, I believe it was the LSU punter, was also in the car. DeLuise, game. yes. Mike DeLuise was mm-hmm. in the car as well. Um, but what, what Nebraska did to honor him was what really kind of stood out to me. And it was, uh, and in the tweet, as the tweet said, uh, up here, pardon me, we had to take a delay of game. We weren't able to get all 11 guys to punt in time, missing one of them. And it was a picture of... Sam Fultz. So guys, do you like this? Do you like having? Do you like having an extra man down? And especially shout out to uh, I believe it was who they who they were playing. It was, uh, it was Fresno, Fresno State. State. They uh, declined the penalty, the delay of game penalty. I think it was a good sign of respect just for him in in general. Uh, you know, some things are just bigger than football. When you lose a guy that was a, a part of your team, I I'm all for it. You know, I think it was a, a great sign of respect for him. And, you know, it was at home in Nebraska. The whole Nebraska state, the whole crowd was feeling it. They all understand. So I, I had no problem with this. This was a, a great show of, of respect for Fultz and what he was to the team as well. Hmm. I, actually, uh, I actually have more respect for Fresno State because I'm actually going to go back to another player that died way before their time, which was Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor, oh, yeah. the safety for the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. And they did the same thing. They lined up for the first defensive play. Uh, the game after he died, and they were playing the Buffalo Bills, and the Buffalo Bills saw that he wasn't there, and they only had 10 guys. They actually did an audible to attack and do a deep pass where Sean Taylor usually would be. So I respect Fresno State for not taking advantage of it compared to Buffalo Bills. And that's and I think that's just all in respect. You know, it's it's a tragic. It was it wasn't like he was there was no alcohol involved. They're coming back from a punting camp yeah. up in Wisconsin, and this is just this is just clash. And and quite frankly, it's like it's a punt. Like you know, you move five yards back. Oh well, you might not get that much yard on return. So they, I, I, I shout out to the Fresno State coach for letting that happen. It was a great moment for the family. It was a great moment for all the fans, anyone his friends. It was a great moment for his teammates who were like his family, and it was just a great moment to see. It was really heartwarming. Yeah, and that was. We'll go from uh, something sad, something that's a little bit weird. That's why I saved Jordan. I saved your top story for last. Take it away with your final top story of the final buzz. All right. So me and Danny were commentating the bash in the borough on Friday night. And, you know, Gus, yeah. Gus was there. He was Gus was there. The mascot Gus was there. Normal Gus. Yeah, no, we, didn't, we didn't recognize anything. <laughs> the Gus we all know and love. Hashtag yeah. old Gus. Well, then Saturday, something has happened to the man we know as Gus. I don't know if he was one of the seven suspended for Georgia Southern. I don't know if he has Zika. But there is a new Gus. Hashtag bring back old Gus. We're trying to find you. If uh, you know anything about Gus's whereabouts, please call it's a, it's, it's If you see him on the street, it's an eagle. Uh, it's, <laughs> and he doesn't look like he has Zika. And he doesn't look scary to little kids. I think Gus turned up too much after bashing the borough. Night. <laughs> showed mean, up hey, Saturday. That win was good. College. What, what happened? Like... What what's up with this new Gus? I I, I don't like him at and all. Nobody's taking responsibility for him. Like, well, he uh, looks like he's better than baby powder a little bit. <laughs> I, I just I remember hearing someone say that it wasn't like anybody in athletics' decision to no, change Gus. Fine line tweeted. He was like, "I have nothing to do with 
Pretty so it's, so. this wasn't Athletic's fault. It's but I heard it's cheerleader. I like I heard it's like the cheerleading coach. Like they're in charge of. It's the cheerleader's fault. It's yeah. the cheerleading coach's fault. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So, so we, get him out of here. I'm gonna call that. Moving all our listeners to so stand by there on that one. Yeah, yeah. Not, does anybody have not, any cheerleading connections? We are not. Pla- we are not blaming anybody. We are just saying we that we, we are speculating. I, we're hearing rumors. <laughs> rumors. We are not. We hear rumors, we tell the rumors to you. We the are not making is, them ourselves. Yep. The problem is is that those Gus costumes cost a lot of money. Yep. So I don't know what they're gonna do. And well, someone, I mean it's not even a, the it's not even the costume, it's the head. Yeah. Well it's, someone had a good idea. Someone has the old head somewhere. Someone had a good idea that they should bring back old Gus for the App State game, but I feel like new Gus is gonna get like attacked if we keep him <laughs> for, for that long. Like, yeah, that's like that we got this <laughs> Just not call him Gus. Make him Gus Jr. or Gus 2 or, like or Richard. Or baby, or <laughs> baby <laughs> Gus. Or like Gus was in traffic. We have Charlie. He was Charlie, Charlie the, the weird looking bald eagle. I don't know. But uh, we, so that's all for top stories. We cover top stories in all different sports from football, from college football to NFL to baseball. We're going to get in depth with those sports when we come back for the break. Starting with college football, upset city, team chaos. Who survived? Who did not survive? We'll have all that for you and more when we come back. This is the final buzz. On 91.9 The Buzz. We are back here on the final buzz on 91.9 The Buzz. Myself, Danny Wall, alongside Jordan, Tony, Holden, Galatis, and Griffin Lale. We're going to jump right into college football. Week one, football is back, and it did not disappoint. It, makes, it made everyone love college football a little bit more than NFL football because of the upsets. We all have our own upset of the week. Uh, we're going to start with Holden. Holden, what was your upset of the week? To get us started, I think I don't know how anyone could argue with this pick. Just you know, I know it is my pick, but I... I'm going to go with the South Alabama Jaguars. I repeat, for everyone who doesn't hadn't heard that, the South travels. Alabama Jaguars, yep. the fun belt team. We played them Saturday. Upset SEC West team, Mississippi State Bulldogs. 21 to 20, or was it 20? Yeah, 21 to 20. Yep. In my mind, that that is easily the biggest upset because that is a non-power five team beating a team that a couple years ago was in contention for the national title. Now I know that's changed a lot. Now they've lost a lot of players, but it is st- they are still bringing in SEC like qu- quality players. And they lost to I actually have a friend on that st- team on the South Alabama team. His name is Noah Fisher. So shout out to my boy Noah Fisher out there on the offensive line putting in work against Mississippi State. But I mean Mississippi State just not showing at all. Only having three more t- total offensive yards in that game against South Alabama shows nothing for their defense, showing that their offense is not in fine tune the way they need it to be for the SEC season. I thought that was a huge upset. So that's right. my pick. All right, Jordan, who was your upset of the week? All right, uh, I'm actually going to say that my upset was the biggest upset of the week because it is involving a program that people have given up on. They have faced turmoil. And for that one night, it looked like Vince Young was the quarterback again. I'm talking about Texas versus Notre Dame. I do give credit overtime. to Texas. I do right. give credit to Texas winning, beating Notre Dame 50-47 to 47 in double <laughs> overtime. Man, Swoop put the team on his back <laughs> on yeah, that second and goal play Dang. to get the win. So... One of the, I would say the, that and Texas and Georgia both did something incredible this week, and they both ran a very effective two quarterback system. Are we are we seeing the return of a two quarterback system? Because it seems like it's becoming more commonplace and something we haven't seen in a long time. 
What, what was the last? What was the last big two quarterback combo you guys could think of? Mm, I don't and a hush know. falls over the room. Exactly. Uh, 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 I got one. How about a uh, saving up Shaw and uh? <laughs> And, that, and then last time I checked, that was uh, last season, I think. And this so, season. Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm, I'm talking about it getting to like a bowl game and whatnot. But that's, yes, good point. It was still Saturday. All right, All right Griffin, what was your upset right. of the week? My upset of the week involves the Western Michigan Broncos and the Northwestern Wildcats, a game in Evanston, Illinois, that uh, went in favor of the Western Michigan Broncos. Crazy sequence at the end of the game where a ball was pitched into the end zone, fumbled on the goal line, then a Western Michigan defender steps out of bounds and throws the ball back end of bounds where a Northwestern uh, player re- recovers it for a touchdown. However, illegal touching by the Western Michigan player results the play dead, and thus and that, uh, that play would have put Northwestern up by, I believe, six on, on the day. Uh, but uh, alas, the play was dead, and Western Michigan went on to win 22-21 in a game that's important because I believe we do play Western Michigan this year, do we, we not? We do. We play them in a couple of weeks. In Kalamazoo, Michigan. So yep. a, big, uh, a big game coming up here. And so. we also play South Alabama, Georgia Southern does. We, we played them this, we played them this Saturday, this actually. So our Georgia Southern's uh, um, my football schedule, the strength schedule is looking a little pretty good after looking pretty after good week right one. Strength schedule looking good. Where's our ranking? Wow. Yeah, where's our ranking? Well, well my <laughs> upset, my upset of the week, uh, in your face, holding. Oh. Uh, even though Wisconsin <laughs> is a power was is a power five conference team, they upset an LSU team who some say was going to win it all in Leonard Fournette. A, I saw like one person fu- say that. That's a future Heisman. Right. Okay, <laughs> but still, LSU was ranked so high in the, in the top twenty five yes, rankings, I mean. and they lose sixteen to fourteen Ooh. to Wisconsin, who wasn't even ranked now, ranked in the top five in the top ten, I believe. <laughs> yes, they are. 10. So yep. that's that's my yeah. upset of the week. And I also have to give a shout out, even though they are our rivals, and we talked about Sun Belt teams, strength of schedule, and teams that have almost upset. I gotta give credit to App State because they almost went to went into Tennessee and went to overtime, lost 20 to 13. Kind of lost the same way we did to Georgia last season. Mm-hmm. So even though they are hatred rivals, I have to give credit to App State. My dad graduated from App State. We all I've told you all that story off the air before. They, they they dominated for most of that game. They, they were the favorite to win that game going into the fourth quarter, I believe. They were dominant the same way we were dominant against uh, NC State last two years ago, where we were up at halftime mm-hmm. and we just couldn't hold on. So, here are the new top 25 uh, standings. Alabama and Clemson 1 and 2. They, well, before we get in top 25, let's talk about some of those other games that happened with other top 25 teams. I mean, Louisville beat Charlotte 70-14. Uh, to 14. Baylor, who had a lot of controversy in the offseason, beat Northwest, Northwestern State. Stanford beat Kansas State. Michigan, who had the goats in the house, Derek Jeter and Michael Jordan easily beat Hawaii, Ohio State, 77-10 to over Bowling Green. Another upset we didn't talk about, Houston beating Oklahoma 15 over the three, Washington over Rutgers. Uh, another upset, Texas A&M, a SEC team beating UCLA. Um, you had a, the bitter, the rivalry in the SEC East for bottom, for last in the SEC East between South Carolina and Vanderbilt, which yeah. ended in a South Carolina 13-10 to 10 win. Uh, Nick Chubb, who's back, rushed for over 200 yards against North Carolina. My man. U- UGA winning 33-24 over UNC. Florida winning 24-7 over UMass. Number one, Alabama crushing Southern Cal 52-6. to six. And Clemson barely surviving Auburn 19-13. to 13. And uh, is anybody course, even going to touch Alabama's pedestal in the next couple of years? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think someone beats Alabama this year? That was true. I don't know. After what I saw this week, there's no way. And don't forget the Monday night football game yesterday 
Florida State coming back from ha- from being down at halftime, defeating Ole Miss 45-34. to So here are our new top 25 standings. Alabama, Clemson 1-2, Florida State 3, Ohio State 4, Michigan now 5, Houston 6, Stanford 7, Washington 8, UGA number 9, Wisconsin 10, Texas jumping all the way to 11, Louisville 13, Oklahoma dropping down to 14, Notre Dame at 18, Ole Miss 19, LSU down to 21, Miami getting at 25, and uh, Florida which I think, which is drew, drew the short end of the stick. Even though they were number twenty-five, they won their first game, but now they're unranked. And a couple of teams that are unranked as well that dropped. Uh, see, North Carolina dropped out, or a couple other teams that dropped out. I know Jordan, you had it, you had it up on here. I know because I know, I know Florida dropped out because they were they were in a pretty tough battle with I believe Massachusetts. It was, it was UMass, but they yeah. easily they won twenty-four to seven. It's but like going into halftime, I remember or close. I remember being at like a seven-seven game. So I mean, maybe I had the wrong. But last time I checked, when I was flipped back and back and forth between the other games, I saw that that was like a seven-seven game. So some, other, game. some other teams I have a problem with on this list: Michigan State at, at, at the twelfth best team in the country after they struggled uh, Thursday night, or sorry, I believe it was uh, it was Friday night against Furman, a team from just up the road. I mean that that was that was that was atrocious. Mm. Also. I don't, I don't know how I feel about Wisconsin. I, I don't know. I was just about to say. I don't that. know how I feel. I mean, was congrats. You be honest, you mean I get it. You can jump up to the top ten. Like why? They, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I just don't feel I think, like. I think that I think the AP is getting a little trigger happy with that for a top five team falling to a non-ranked team, but still at the same time. Like they may okay, put them in the top twenty-five to have to beat LSU. Easy, maybe give them fifteen, sixteen. Because like, if they lose in the game, then they're just gonna keep falling back down. We see this all the time. Yeah, which which brings me to the question I want to ask all of you. There have been talks about it earlier as well. Should the top twenty-five even be a thing in the in the first couple weeks of the regular season? Because you know when the season starts, you have all these top twenty-five teams that want to go but go up against each other in a week one action, and the loser's gonna drop. The winner may stay or may rise a couple of spots. Is there a need? for a top 25 in the first couple weeks of the regular season and if not when do you think they should start adding a top 25 do you think it should be like when they start having the the, the top four the championship thing the bc not bcs but the the college playoff rankings when do you think the way i look at it and i think it's a very simple way of looking at it i think anybody would agree with me if you have not won a game you should not be ranked in the top 25 so I think as soon as week two starts, you have your top 25. But if you have not won a game, and I'm looking at all the current teams that are right now winless in our top 25, or and then even week one where nobody will have won any games, you should not be ranked top 25. There, there's, there's That begs the question, though, like, then they would have to look at more than, like, Georgia Southern could be, potential could be. I mean, in that argument, they could be argued for number one team in the country. I mean, we didn't like if you look at if you look at it just paper without looking at the team name stuff like that. We beat team fifty five nothing, fifty four nothing. Did let them score. Completely dominated the offensive side, defensive side. So that's why I personally say no preseason rankings. Yeah, you can have for fun preseason rankings, but no official rankings to week six. What do you think, Griffin? Uh, you know, I kind of like the rankings. It gives it gives us something to talk about and kind of bicker over and just pick it. And so I, I kind of like the rankings. It gives us. It, 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 I don't think anyone takes them seriously to begin with until maybe week seven or eight to begin anyway. And then when you get into the the CFP rankings and things like that. So, um, I, I, the, 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 I mean, like they call it the way too early top twenty five. This is the pretty much way too early way too top twenty five. So I, I like it though. It gives gives me something to talk about. I I thought that would beg more questions saying week six, but I'm just gonna say like nothing, like no, no AP ratings or anything like that, no mention of college football playoff ratings, just because 
that gives a teams enough time to play through their lollygag games because half the time, like in a traditional schedule, I know it's been for I think maybe it's just me, but I've noticed that teams are starting to throw like some of their easy cake like cakewalk games later in their season. Like before, oh, yeah. a couple years ago, I remember it was first three games, warm cake, up, cake did, games. exactly cake yeah. games. You practice, you get in flow. By week four, you're playing your conference schedule. This now is, it's kind of like back and like Alabama. Like before, I remember last year before Alabama would play LSU or before LSU played Alabama, we played Western Kentucky. Yep. So like it's things like that now. Like but if we do it like in a traditional schedule, week three. You know, you finish with your cake schedule, then you have three conference games, and then that should give you enough. You have three out of conference. How badly did you beat those teams? Did you let them stay in the game? And then you can get to your conference schedule. Did you win those games? And then you can really, I think you really get an understanding how good a team is. Because week one, like, LSU, like, may, like, like, may win out. What if they beat yeah. Alabama, but that one loss holds them from being in the college football playoff? See, college fo- here's what I say. College football can learn a lot from college basketball. See, college yes. basketball rankings – work because they're always playing like three four games a week i think for for college football they should not do a top 25 until after all the non-conference games are played like like for for college basketball they spend the first month and a half two months of their of their season playing non-conference teams playing just different matchups all across america and everything and then january and february to get the conference player that should be the same way with college football they should have the first three or four weeks playing the non-conference opponents and then when they start playing conference teams drop the top 25 and then have them battle it out, and then later on, a couple weeks later, have the the, the playoff top twenty five after that, and then see what see how it goes. But the, there is no need for uh, part of the reason why top twenty five, uh, why the twenty five ranking is here early on in the season is because we're gonna watch those first those first week games. Oh snap! Number five is going up against number three, or number three going up against fifteen, or two going up against number nine. But what an incredible weekend happen. it was! It was an incredible weekend. But do you think that we would still? Watch college football as much if there were no top twenty-five ranking to start the season. Like, could we? What would there be enough viewers based on teams alone? Like, would we still tune in to Oklahoma versus Houston if they weren't in the top? Or if they both weren't in the top fifteen? Yes, yeah, you I think, think so? so. I, I would say yes, but I would say it would be way more difficult for people to, to market games. I think yeah, like ESPN yeah. making make, marketing games would be way more difficult and that's why I don't think ESPN or CBS or Fox would ever let that happen. Yeah, and top- I think that's the only reason those preseason rankings still exist is just to get those get like so when you have this first week and people are ready to watch college football you can have those big market games stuff like that you can have a team that might be number two that playing against another team that's number nine when realistically one of those teams might not be but that number two and number nine in front of the team names on the scoreboard, like when you're saying it, like when you have, when the game's starting up, like welcome to College Station or whatever, and you have Texas A&M number two versus this team number nine. Those numbers in front of them is what get all those people that aren't Texas A&M fans to watch. And that, yeah. I just I use Texas A&M because that's the first thing that came to mind. But other than that, I I don't see a need for them. That is now, true, Danny. I have a question for you because I right. really liked your your conference idea. But what would you do then in the case of a team's rival school being not a conference opponent, like Florida and Florida State? You put that. You market that as the first as the top first games. You put yeah. all the non conference games, whether they're in state rivalries or whatever. You put all of those in the top four. You move. You move Georgia. You move Georgia versus Clemson or who's another? Who's Georgia's top rival? That's Addison. Georgia, no, Georgia Tech. You move Georgia Georgia Tech in the first couple weeks of the season. You make the first month rivalry month. You put all the top rivals against each other. You put you put UGA versus Georgia Tech. You put Florida State versus versus Miami or in, in everything. Florida. Or, 
Florida, Florida like that. You put all those in the first couple weeks of the season because that's how you're going to market games and get viewers. Okay. Now, without without the rankings. So I think rankings I like are, are specifically just for viewership in the first couple of weeks to say, hey, college football is back. Let's watch these games. Here's what we got lined up. And I think, and I'm not going to, we're not going to, I don't want to go too deeply yeah. into this. Uh, this is just separate. I think the rankings, I think how they should do it is instead of uh, four teams making it to the um, college football playoff, I think there should be six. Now we'll have to get, that's a different. That, no, that, no, I know that, but that, that's, <laughs> that's a long semester. That's, that's a lot of tough involving rankings, involving winning your conference, but I think that the rankings. Pretty much right now, how they have set up have nothing to do. Like they just hurt teams, right. teams that have potential going national titles right For now. For me, it's eight, but but well, before no, we go, right, right. seven and a half. It's, it's a long. It's a long. It's going to be a long oh, season. 25. We're going to have a lot of playoff <laughs> talks later on. But before we get into the week two matchups, we got to give some love to Georgia Southern. Hey. Their first game of the regular season against Savannah State. The first game in the Tyson Summers era is a fifty-four to zero shutout. Jordan, you and I were there calling the game. We That's saw right. a lot of dual quarterback action between Fabian Upshaw and Kevin Ellison. Upshaw went seven for ten, one hundred and fifteen yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Ellison went a perfect five for five, seventy yards. DeMarcus Godfrey, who uh, was one of the backup running backs, 14 carries, 124 yards. Matt Breida, 10 carries, 68 yards. They have a rushing touchdown. Uh, Wesley Fields, 13 carries, 87 yards. Kevin Ellison had 11 carries, 57 yards, a touchdown. Fabian Upshaw, 7 carries, 53 yards, 2 touchdowns. He had a 2-yard two, uh, two touchdown and also had a 33-yard touchdown, his longest. Uh, Wesley Fields had a receiving touchdown, and Matt Breida had a reception touchdown as well. So shout-out to the Eagles, and shout-out to head coach Tyson Summers, who went in their first game of the regular season. This Saturday, they play South Alabama. At South Alabama was your upset of the week. Yeah, upsetting Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. That's going to be a good game. Yeah, that's going to be tough. The Eagles return to Mobile, Alabama, the first time since winning the Gold Daddy Bowl back in December over Bowling Green. Guys, what do you think is going to happen between Georgia South Alabama, Georgia Southern South Alabama, also being the first Sun Belt Conference game of the year happening early on in Week Two? Well, for me, it's going to be interesting to see how our defense matchups against their offense because, <clears throat> excuse me, pardon me. Um, <laughs> the uh, from watching the highlights of that uh, South Alabama Mississippi State game, it really was the South Alabama offense against the Georgia Southern, or sorry, the Mississippi State defense, and how how and Mississippi State's defense really just kind of folded and had a bad game and made some key mistakes in, in key times. So, what I want to see is can our defense one can they stop the pass because that's something yep. they struggled with painfully last year. And two, can they make third down stops and then they need to get off the field? If yeah. those two things can happen, I think George Southern will win this game. Looking at the uh, the box score of the South Alabama-Mississippi State game, uh, South Alabama's quarterback Dallas Davis, uh, 24 for 34, 285 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, one of their receivers, seven receptions, 113 yards for a touchdown. This is where... I want to see how Jordan Southern is going to fare because I've started this last season and going into this season is still kind of a problem. Our offense is completely fine. We have all of our returners. Our inside seven on defense is good too, but last season, one of our weaknesses was the secondary. You Remember watching that game against West Virginia week one? Oh, we, were yes. getting, we were getting mossed by a, a true freshman wide receiver for West Virginia. I want to know, with Tyson Summers being a safeties coach for Jordan Southern years ago, how is the secondary going to fare against South Alabama's passing game? I, you know, I can't quite give you an opinion on that because I can't. I can't give you based on our Week One opponent. True. Um, 
But you know, I'd like to say they're. I'd like to say they're improved. I'd like to say that in the off season they got some more guys. They got more time with Summers, and you know maybe they do improve because you know they, it's not like we have to go out there and stop. Um, oh my, Deshaun Watson. So I, I think we. Do, I think I would love to say that they're improved, but I can't. I can't give any guarantees right now. But so we'll, honestly, it's a we'll have to see. All right. All right, so the way I feel about it is I feel like this game is truly going to be Tyson Summers' first test of the season, obviously. Right. But I feel like not all of the pressure might be on the defense. Um, I think what we have to do is we have to treat this game the way we treated Bowling Green. Bowling Green had the best offense in the country when we faced them on the bowl game. And the thing is, the way you stop that is you give the quarterback no time at all. We have to run the clock like crazy. And right now I'm looking at time of possession from the Mississippi State-South Alabama game. And the South Alabama had 40 minutes of possession. If we can stop, if we can split that in half, I think South Alabama doesn't have a chance. All right. Well, week two is upon us. Uh, a couple of games going on. Uh, UCF, who I have to give a shout-out to a little bit because I got a couple of friends that I worked with in my internship over the summer that went to UCF. UCF went winless last season, won their first game, and they have to play Michigan, so good luck, guys. Uh, Georgia's playing Nickel State. Uh, Texas A&M is now ranked playing Prairie View A&M. Oklahoma State against Central Michigan. Uh, looking at the rest, Houston, who's now six, plays Lamar. Clemson plays Sunbelt Conference rivals Troy. Florida State playing Charleston Southern. Georgia State has to go to the Air Force. Who cares about Georgia State? Uh, no one. Georgia Tech playing Merce. We played them later on this season. Alabama playing Western Kentucky. Some of these games aren't going to be, you know, that big compared to week one. But it will get people watching. Miami playing uh, Florida Atlantic, South Carolina playing Mississippi State. Here's one that I'm kind of worried about, and once again involves my team, LSU playing Jacksonville State, the team that, if you quite remember from the beginning of last year, almost upset Auburn. Yeah. They so they so I mean I don't know I, I I haven't done my research on Jacksonville State I apologize but I don't know how many returners they have or anything like that but you know hey that should I mean they they came to fight last year against um, Auburn and hopefully that the game against Wisconsin will be a wake up call for LSU. Yeah, week two being more of the cupcake games for some of the top twenty five teams and you know overall in general they're not going to have as big as a buzz as week one but week one did exactly what it needed to do which was set the tone for college football. I mean it was this the, season the best college. It was the best college football opening weekend I think ever that I've four, seen. That I four seen. days, for, yeah, no, five four, days. We Thursday, of, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Of, of ma- not just random games, teams that you wanted to watch, like yeah. you know, matchups that you wanted to see. Really, but, if we're counting it, it was about a week and a half. If just you that Hawaii, California game in Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hawaii, California. Teams that we wanted to watch. <laughs> well, we'll go from Saturday afternoons to Sunday afternoons when we come back on the final buds. We're going to get into NFL. The season mm-hmm. starts this Thursday. Super Bowl re. Match week one predictions, way too early Super Bowl predictions. When we come back, this is the final buzz on 91.9 The Buzz. Here, the final buzz of 91.9 The Buzz. Danny Watt, Jordan, Tony, Griffin, Leo, and Holding Galatis. Also forgot to plug in this this uh, audio demo, this audio reel of this final buzz podcast or show. We'll be on iTunes the, tomorrow. Yeah. Day after tomorrow, yeah. got it pretty quick. So I had to plug that in there. Top of the hour, eight p.m. and it's probably one of the best times of the year because this Thursday is more football. Yee yee. Oh.
Got to put in that football oh, music. There we go. Okay, NFL starts this Thursday Week One matchup. God, it's, been it's, so it's, it's been so long, been and withdrawals. and what a way to start the regular season with a rematch of Super Bowl Fifty back in February. What my a, Carolina Panthers. Open it up. What a wonderful my, game. my Carolina Panthers who went fifteen and one going up against the Denver Broncos, who last year are Super Bowl champions, went twelve and four for the Broncos. No Peyton Manning, but Von Miller making bank in the offseason. Uh, quarterback for the Broncos. I don't even know what his name is. Austin Simeon. Austin Simeon going to be starting for the Broncos. There's no Mark Sanchez. They cut him uh, on the last day or whatever, and then he signed with the Dallas Cowboys. Good luck with Somebody's that. Someone's got to do it, and Cam Newton looking to have another phenomenal season after being the MVP and Offensive Player of the Year last season. Guys, how do you see the Super Bowl rematch ending up in Denver? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Carolina's gonna win this one. Oh. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna I, lo- I know you say Denver's defense is gonna win them the Super Bowl again, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Denver is going to fall off a cliff this year. They're they're not going to be anywhere near the same team they were last year. I say Carolina wins this one. If we if I don't know if we're doing predictions for scores because there's a lot of games, but I I would say like well, maybe like, it's kind of t- it's kind of tough to say to say what the score is going to be. I mean I don't even know to be honest with you. I, I would agree. I, we I got a quarterback say, we have never seen before. That's yep. why I'm saying like a 28-17 situation in Carolina's favor because we know we know Carolina's offense is going to be good. We know their defense. Okay, maybe not as good as it was last year because they got they lost they lost Josh. I'll say what makes this game interesting right. is the fact that Carolina's defense looks so different. Not necessarily in its in its front seven, but its secondary took a hole over. I think these three Understood. new starting safeties and corners. But so I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to defend their receivers and if they can do a better job. It's also altitude. It's also week one. Their players are tired. They're not going to be ready for altitude. The Broncos will win. They're not going to be tired. It's week all one. Right. They're, they're all healthy. They're not tired. They're just gonna, not going to be all used right, to the altitude. All right, so Holden's got Panthers. Griffin's got Broncos. Jordan, who you got? All right, now the thing is, I've been watching the Bucks for a long time, so I know I know that you'll see. Okay, okay, okay. I know that with a good enough defense, you can make any quarterback look good, a la Sean King. Therefore, that Broncos defense is so good that you're gonna be that everyone's gonna be out there buying Austin City and jerseys, and that the True, Broncos. Even, I didn't even talk about the Broncos defense. That is still one of the best defenses I've seen in a very, very long time. Now I'm gonna put this on air, so you know if I'm wrong. You can tweet at me. You can make fun of me all you want. The Broncos yes. will easily breeze past the Panthers in a three touchdown lead. All right. So here's the thing. Yes. Yes, Carolina. Yes, Carolina secondary is not what it was last season. Lost Josh Norman, but it's still Keekley's defense on the inside front seven. Okay, and as for the Panthers' offense, not only is Cam Newton going to be better, they also have Kelvin Benjamin, who did who didn't even play all last year with a torn ACL. He was the number one receiver for Carolina, and Cam Newton turned everybody else into superstars. He turned what Ted Ginn to Jericho Country, man, everybody, Devin Funches. They turned all he turned all of them into playmaking wide receivers. And underneath that Cam Newton system again. They're going to be just as good. They still have Greg Olson on the offensive. Yes, they may not be as good on defense, but the offense is just as good, even better than last season. You guys should see the scene here. Danny's face is about I, I have the Panthers. <laughs> so He's overjoyed. So it's a split. It's a 2-2 uh, split here. A 2-2 split here for just, the Panthers. And and just, just no, it's Trevor Simeon, not Trevor Austin Simeon. Simeon. Not Austin Trevor Simeon. Simeon. It's, That's some disrespect. Exactly. <laughs> so you didn't even know his name. I'm, you know, I'm talking true. about the defense. The defense is going to win the game. Well, going from the quarterback. He don't deserve respect yet. From a quarterback who we didn't know the name of to two pretty name, 
pretty name known quarterbacks. The Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, who ended up getting the wild card spot last season after losing to the Vikings in Week 17, Go, traveled to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Blake Bortles is going to be starting quarterback there. The Jaguars do have some pieces to have a pretty good year. Who wins between the Packers and Jaguars? I'm going to go. All right. Uh, the Bucs played the Jaguars. I'm like, I can relate everything back to the Bucs. The Bucs played the Jaguars in the preseason, and Jalen Ramsey Jeez. was on every single play. He's going to be your defensive rookie of the year. Jalen Ramsey is going to tear it up. That defense is going to be great. Um, I think Bortles is going to have a, sh- like a, a stellar year. I think Allen Robinson is the future of that team. Uh, I'm going to go Jacksonville by seven. I don't know if I agree with Jacksonville having a great year as we think they are. I still think they're maybe three or four years away from contending with power. I will say they, they finish with more wins than they do losses. However, I do believe it comes down to this game that Green Bay is in a better place to win right now. Yeah. And as of, as, of, as in come this Sunday, Green Bay is in a better place to win and knows how to win. So as, I'm just going to go with Green Bay this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with Griffin for one thing. Oh! Jacksonville will be ready contention either not, not not for Super Bowl but like playoffs either this year yep. or next year. Next they year have, for they, sure. No, no, no. They like last year their first offer, first overall pick, their third overall pick last year. The guy Dante Fowler out of Florida wasn't didn't play his first year. He had ACL injury. Their defense is people sleep on their defense. Their offense is explosive with Blake Borders and Allen Rob Al, the Allen brothers. I give them this year make wild card spot. Next year they may they might even win that division next year. But that's not this week. My I do agree with though. I don't think they're going to be Aaron Rodgers in his first game back with Jordy Nelson. I mean, that's just a deadly combination that everyone fears playing. Yeah. And Jalen Ramsey, you know, you, you might talk about how great Jalen Ramsey is going to be <laughs> in his first professional football game, playing up against one of the greatest of all time, against a great one of his his best receivers. Like, no, come on, dude. All right, so I got Green Bay winning this game. Uh, also for Griffin and Jordan, the Bron- the Panthers are favored to win that game against the Broncos, and so are the Packers over the Jaguars. Bills-Ravens, Tyrod Taylor getting paid oh. recently over a $100 million contract, but he does have to earn it going up against a Ravens team with Joe Flacco returning from ACL from ACL injury last season. Steve Smith Sr. is ready to go at, from the wide receiver position. Who wins this week one matchup between the Bills and Ravens? I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Going on Ravens? I'm going Ravens. I like I like Joe Flacco being back. I like Steve Smith coming back. I think you know. Hey, look, they've got they've got a point to prove. Point to prove. They've been irrelevant for a minute now, and I think you know I I, I know that I think they have the worst of the two Harbaugh's. And that's not saying he's a bad coach, but I think this is you know this is their time to show that they're hey we can possibly be in contention in a couple years. So I think I'm going with Ravens. Quite frankly, I don't really care. I, I have no stake in this game, and I have no fancy players on either teams. Um. Stacking it up, I, I, I looks, it looks like, for me, Buffalo has a little bit edge on player and personnel right now. Okay. Also, Ravens coming off an abysmal season where they just seem to have fallen off the map and still seem to be kind of recuperating from that. Yeah. So, based on all that, we got to go with the Bills and the boys up north. I got, I got to go with the Bills, too. What do you think, Jordan? I got to go with the Bills. That Rex Ryan defensive yeah. scheme, I think Flacco's past his prime. I think Tyrod Taylor making his return to Baltimore after playing with the with the Ravens, won a Super Bowl with him as a backup quarterback behind Joe Flacco. He kind of knows that offense a little bit in that defense. So I think that the Bills may have it. Now, Bears-Texans. I don't really care for the Bears. I still <laughs> think Jay Cutler is overrated. He's not what he say, what he says or thinks he is. Does so anybody I think he's underrated? <laughs> no. He's getting he's overpaid. I know that. Uh, going against the Texans, uh, who's uh, Brock Osweiler, starting quarterback for for Houston. JJ Watt being on the on the playlist is going to is possibly going to play for Week One. Uh, who do you see going to win this game? Um. 
like I like you said before, Jay Cutler is a paperweight, and they I don't think the Bears realize that he's a paperweight to so their whole quarterback position, just holding down the four until they can get their guy. And I don't seem to realize that they do need to get a different guy. Yeah. Um. But for me, this is I think this te- I don't know maybe. A 28-21 situation for the, but I think I picked. I take the Texans in this game. I think that that Texans defense is just still scary with JJ um, Watt and Jadavian Clowney in there. I still and I still like DeAndre Hopkins. That's one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. Well, after last year, but he's still a good threat. And I think Brock Osweiler with his six foot eight self will be able to see when he's open. And I think that the Texans will win this game. I agree. I agree with you. And something we didn't they didn't really touch on that I want to add on is uh, the return of Jadon Clowney. He's finally he's finally playing. He's finally healthy. He's finally in that form. And for what I saw him in the preseason, he's hitting just as hard as he did in college in South Carolina. Everyone remembers that play against Michigan in the Outback Bowl. Oh my gosh! Goodness gracious, that shook us all. On our boots, but yeah. I think X Factor there, and like y'all said, the receiver core is much stronger, and it's it's the Bears guys. I mean, Jake Cutler is a useless quarterback and deserves to be playing uh, Canadian ball. I can make it real simple: no Forte, no Gould, no win. All right, well, straight, straightforward. I like it. Now a very interesting Week One matchup: Browns versus the Eagles. The Browns with a new coach and a new quarterback in RG three. Johnny Manziel gone back at Texas A&M, taking summer class, taking classes in the fall, going up against the Eagles, where. They traded Sam Bradford to the Vikings and Carson Wentz, the number two overall pick, who the Eagles traded up for. No, they didn't trade up for him, but they drafted a quarterback to start week one against RG3 and the Cleveland Browns. Even though RG3 is not a good quarterback, he has gone up against NFC East teams playing for the Redskins. Who do you see winning between the Browns and the Eagles? All right. Uh, you know, uh, I, I just have a few words to say to Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, what are you doing? You have Chase Daniel ready to be your starting quarterback, and you give it to Carson Wentz. The kid's a joke. I could walk onto a team and be better than Carson Wentz. Boy. Carson Wentz will be a forgotten name five years from now. He's uh, going to Lord. suffer in Cleveland, and he's going to suffer against Cleveland, and Cleveland's going to win this game easily. I have, to, I have to disagree. I think Carson Wentz is the X factor in, uh, in sorry, in uh, Philadelphia, not Cleveland. Uh, his, his college stats, they, they don't, I don't think his college stats speak for the the intangibles in his game. I think he's got very good vision and he's a great pocket passer. I don't know if they're, he's perfect for what the Eagles need right now, but I think he's by far the best quarterback that that, that franchise has right now. In the game, I got Eagles. Jordan, who you got? Jordan, anyone? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Hold, who you got? Hold, who you got? Well... This, this right here is what we call a matchup of the garbage teams right here in the NFL. But honestly, uh, I think that the X factor for this game is going to be Duke Johnson, running back for the Cleveland Browns. I don't, I don't know how well the Eagles off. I don't know how well the Eagles defense will hold. Honestly, I, I <laughs> like. Carson Wentz, I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be a forgotten name in five years. I think that he's going to be good, but I don't know if they're going to be all that they want him to be. Um, and I think that if, honestly, I, I kind of... He's got. I, I like RG3. I do. I like him as a player. I like him as the player. We know what he has shown he can do four years ago or so. But honestly, honestly I'm going to go I'm gonna go out of the box here. I'm going to take the Browns in this one. If they, if they can get a good running game, I think that RG3 will get the job done. I, one more thing I want to talk yeah. about really quickly, and then cut you off, yeah. Danny, is that Carson Wentz is probably in the best position out of any of these rookie quarterbacks to become a franchise quarterback. It's just up to him and how he plays. 
I'm gonna get okay. I have somebody else in mind as the rookie quarterback to be a franchise quarterback, but I see an upset. I see the Browns beating the Eagles. I just think that RG3 has gone up against those NFC East defenses a number a numerous amount of times. Carson Wentz has only played a couple of games this season, and for the most of he the pre season, he played one game this season, and for most of the time, he was back up to Sam Bradford, who he was gonna be originally a backup. He's not ready to be a starting quarterback, and he's gonna mess up, and that Philadelphia crowd is going to boo him. I don't care how behind Carson Wentz they are. They're going to boo him. That Philadelphia crowd is vicious. That's that's, the, that's not a good market t- city to train a new quarterback no. in his first, like his first game. That's, no, that's you, gotta, you, gotta, you, you have to work hurt. him in. You exactly. have to work him in. And I think that Cleveland will get the win just for week one. I'm not going to hey, say they have a phenomenal hey, we're year. On, we're on the same page there, Danny. I like the pick. Yeah. I like the pick. NFC South matchup. Tampa Bay going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Falcons had a good starting season. Then blew it in Dan Quinn's first year. Lost six in a row and missed the playoffs. Tampa Bay, shout out to James Winston. I've seen all last year, seeing how he tra- how he transitioned from college to the I'll pros. With Blake Bortles. Uh, Blake Bortles, too. Who wins between the Bucks and Falcons? I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna. I know these two are gonna have a lot to say. So, because I know that's these two teams. We we'll already, we'll already know that Jordan's gonna say the Bucks and Griffin's gonna say just, the Falcons. Just for, just for all of our listeners, every four, all four of us in here have a favorite team that's a different team in the NFC South. So yep. you'll see some interesting arguments later in the year. I'm with but, the Panthers. Jordan's with the Bucks. Hey. Griffin, you're with the Falcons, and Holder, you're with the Saints. <laughs> um, but for this game, I'm. You know what? I'm gonna say it. I take the Bucks in this game. There we go. And that's not out of my pure hatred for the Falcons. <laughs> I believe in Jameis Winston. Not a lot of people do. I believe in Jameis Winston. I think that he had a show of too much upside potential last year. I don't like the getting rid of Lovey Smith, but as you said, they needed to get rid of Lovey Smith to keep their offensive coordinator, who Jameis Winston really likes. Yeah. I think they have a good. I think they have good defense. They have Doug Martin. You know what? I think they have they have a good potential to win. They can make, yeah. a, make I, a wild card. I, I don't have much to say I about this game, but I got I believe in Jameis Winston too because yes. not because I hate the Falcons, but I don't believe in Matt Ryan. They y'all Falcons fans can talk all they want about Julio Jones and Matt Ryan all they want, but do they win games? What is the outcome? They lost six in a row last season and missed the playoffs. Yes, you beat Carolina in Week 16, but I wanted you to beat Carolina Week 16 because <laughs> I didn't want Carolina going to the playoffs with a huge ego at 16 and 0. So I got Tampa Bay, and it's also. Because we hate the Falcons. <laughs> well, we don't, we don't like we don't like to have opinions around here. Um, you know, uh, for me at least, it's, it's going to come down to the pass rush and can they contain Jameis Winston? If they can, if they can, if they can allow um, our defensive ends can keep uh, keep Jameis contained and not let him get outside the pocket, I really think that they, uh, we have the ability to dictate this game. The only problem with that is is that our pass rush has been the like like the problem with our team. That's the biggest issue we need to, to deal with. So. How how that's gonna go down? I'm not entirely sure, but my heart says Falcons by touchdown. And yeah, I know Jordan, you yeah. got you got the Bucks. You know. <laughs> I will tell you what I am worried about. Okay. First off, I got the Bucks by two touchdowns. Here's <laughs> what I am worried about. I am worried that both of our starting cornerbacks are under the height of six feet. I think that Julio Jones is going to give our defense a lot of problems. But overall, I think Matt Ryan's going to be Matt Ryan, blow it, and. The, Christ, ice, every day. the ice in his veins that we used to call him. But here's what I'll say, though. I'll say one more thing. I don't think Matt Ryan's the problem. I think it's Kyle Shanahan. I think it's the scheme over Matt Ryan. I think overall right. Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. All right, moving on. Vikings, Titans. They had they lost Teddy Bridgewater to a serious ACL injury. We've been talking about him how he's going to miss the rest of the whole season this year, but he could miss next season too. So the Vikings made a quick audible. They went and traded for Sam Bradford, who was a former starting quarterback for the Eagles, going up against the Titans. Who Marcus Mariota did have a good rookie year, but without 
out with a new head coach this season. It's going to be interesting to see how he fares out. Who wins between the Vikings and the Titans? Oh, also, I have to put in there as well, DeMarco Murray with the Titans as well, going against Adrian Peterson, battle of the running backs. Or should I say DeMarco Murray versus the Jet? Jared McKinnon. Shot Jared McKinnon. Our boy. Um, uh, had you asked me this question maybe five days ago, <laughs> I would have taken the Vikings. Too much potential last year after winning that division last year. Too much Adrian Peterson, Teddy Bridgewater coming around. But there's the problem. No more Teddy Bridgewater. For maybe two years, and we know for sure it's one for maybe two years, as you said, possibly. Um, I like I think I like Marcus Mariota. I'm not saying he's like he's the future for Tennessee, but I like him. He, I think I like DeMarco Murray. And I think as long as they can keep AP like under maybe like 125, 130 yards and limit the touchdowns, I think the Titans win this game. I'm saying like 21, like 18, something like that. What do you got? Like Vikings. Vikings. Uh, you know, as much as it kills me to say it, I think Marcus Mariota is a great quarterback. I think him and Winston are definitely better than the oh, top two Oh, you say that because they went 1-2-1. Two, two, um, but overall, I think Mariota and Delaney Walker have great connection. I think DeMarco Murray is going to tear it up, and Sam Bradford is too overrated. He's been the most traded for first rounder I've ever seen in my life, and he doesn't deserve it in the slightest. Here's what I say. The Titans will not win this game. The Vikings will lose this game. And this is and this is and this is why. Because as much as Sam Bradford to the Vikings is a good move, Sam Bradford is a pass first quarterback. And the Vikings, with Teddy Bridgewater being average, just above average, they know that Bridgewater wasn't going to be the first option in the Vikings passing game. That's why Adrian Peterson got the ball so much but now you have a pocket passer quarterback in Sam Bradford that's going to eliminate the carries for Adrian Peterson that's how Adrian Peterson will have 100 rushing yards because it won't be because of the Titans it'll be because of the Vikings offensive play they're going to give more plays to Sam Bradford trying to throw the ball more it's going to take away from Adrian Peterson and Jet McKinnon shout out Jet McKinnon so I think that in, with this trade happening so close when the regular season starting they're not ready yet to have a balanced offense I think Tennessee takes the win I, I and I back to what you say the problem with Sam Bradford, Sam Bra- that is a pass-happy quarterback yep. and a run-first team because you have Adrian Peterson. That's why I wanted Michael Vick. I want yeah, Vick one to sound with Danny, We're not going to get into that right now. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that later. Um, All right. that, but maybe we can talk about that in line. It was like, if Sam, when Sam Bradford doesn't pan out, who should they have gotten? We right. use it. But that's a pass-happy quarterback, and I don't. They just the receivers don't. The receivers don't blow my mind. They don't put a smile on my face when I'm looking for talking about receiving core for the Vikings. So, I'm, I, like I said before, Titans all the way. Good Lord. We got a slew of games left. Uh, Bengals-Jets. Cincinnati had a good season last year going into the playoffs. Uh, Andy Dalton going against the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh... Uh, Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick getting a new deal after holding out for so long. Does he lead the Jets to the promised land or they beat the Bengals in week one? No. Bengals. Bengals? Red Rocket. All right. Yeehaw. What do you got? Oh, Jets. Jets? JTS. Jets, Jets, Jets. I'm, no I'm, going, right. no I'm going with the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to win it. I just think A.J. Green's going to have a good year. Uh, you know, him and Andy Dalton. I think those will beat the Jets week one. Uh, Holden, your Saints. Playing at home in the Superdome against the against the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders, who have a great young quarterback, had a pretty good season last year. They are improving. Do they beat the Saints in the Superdome week one? You know, guys, when I took this job, I, went, I told myself I wanted to be the most honest man on radio I could be. 
I wanted to give my true opinion out there, and I wanted to give the people what they maybe, especially here in Georgia, what they want to hear about the Saints. <laughs> the Raiders will beat New Orleans Week One. All right, I agree. One, I hate holding. Two, <laughs> oh, I, I, I hate the Falcons. <laughs> no, need, no need for that. No need for that. No, I I can't stand holding. Anyway, um, uh, a really strong receiver core and a great quarterback. We're really looking forward to see from uh, Oakland as well as an improved defense. You lose Charles Wilson to retirement, however, they drafted well, and I'm really excited to see Amari Cooper and Carson Palmer. And not Carson Palmer. Sorry, not Carson Palmer. Um, Derek Carr. Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah. Pardon me. I'm thinking uh, out west is a mystery to me. We'll get to that game later. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. I got, I got Oakland. I have breaking news. Drew Be- Drew Brees is going to be viciously, viciously killed on Sunday. Reason for death. Khalil Mack. The Raiders. You going over the Raiders? I got to go with the Raiders, too. I think it's all time It's time for these young teams to step up. You know, Drew Brees is too old. The Saints a little bit too old. They're hey, not. Hey, they're hey, not. Hey, they're not. Hey, they're not hey, the, hey, they're not the, uh, Okay. I can still defend the Saints. Last fair year, enough. This old guy you're talking about had the most passing yards, and he missed one game last year. Oh, he could oh, have 5,000. Okay. You can have all the passing yards if you want, but if you can't make the playoffs, then what does that make a team? I, uh, you're no defense. Hey, I was just arguing to Brees. Well, so I, okay, 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 okay. And our, and our first, also our first round draft pick this year, thirteen, uh, Tyler Taylor Rankins out of Louisville, is now out for seven weeks. Uh, for uh, who was supposed to help our offensive line. So and now that protection we wanted for Drew Brees that we hope to look for in the draft is now gone. So it's back to the same protection last year. I think Oakland wins it. All right. Well, I, I got Oakland as well. Chargers, Chiefs, the Chargers. They're really. This is like this could be the last year of San Diego in San Diego. Uh, going up against the Chiefs, who ended up winning 10 straight in the final 10 games of the regular season to make the playoffs. Uh, this game doesn't really appeal to me that much. I got the Chiefs, though. Who you got? I Like you said, might be the, la- the uh, Chargers last year in San Diego. I think it should be Phillip Rivers last year in San Diego. Just think he retires? Yeah, no, not. I don't know about retires. Maybe there's another team that can call him their quarterback for a couple more years. It's just not working for them. They, right. they they need to rebuild. And but I, the Chiefs, like I said earlier, not fun to watch, but they're just good. So I take Chiefs. Okay, I had Chiefs because I think that, you know people say the Chiefs aren't fun to watch. I think they are fun to watch because they aren't fun to watch. I think they play simple football. It's kind of fun. It's, it's entertaining to watch. San Antonio Spurs of the NFL. Exactly, the Spurs of the NFL. Well, then again, the Chiefs aren't really I mean, a dynasty like the Spurs. Yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, that's, that's a poor comparison. Average. I will yeah. say, I, I do like the way they execute on defense. I will say their defense is fun to watch. Chiefs. Chargers blew the deal with Joey Bosa. They deserve every loss they have this season. Go Chiefs. <laughs> I will I will say this. The Chiefs won't be that good since they don't have Justin Houston, Statesboro native, went to UGA as well. Uh, but I do see the Chiefs winning because I don't see the Chargers doing anything. Uh, Dolphins, Seahawks. The Seahawks are going to be at home. No Marshawn Lynch, 2-4, retired. But they're playing a Miami team who I haven't really heard much of. Uh, I got Seahawks. Who I got? Um Hey, look, there's this guy that you might not know. He's who's currently, I guess, is Marshall Lynch's replacement, but Thomas Rawls. Thomas Rawls. This man is he before he was injured last year, this man was on pace to have a, a career rookie start. Well, I don't know if it was rookie start, but his first year, um, even when Marshall wasn't playing. And he, this guy can be just as good as Marshall Lynch. People are Seattle fans are saying and everyone else is saying. So I love Thomas Rawls. It's still the Seahawks. They're not going anywhere. Seahawks roll over the Dolphins. All right, quick picks, guys. Fins. Uh, I got fins. You got, the, you got the Dolphins, really? I do. Okay. Yeet. 
Who you got, Jordan? Seahawks. Seahawks. I, I got the Seahawks, too. Uh, Lions versus the Colts. The Lions with no Calvin Johnson still with Matt Stafford. The Colts, Andrew Luck getting a big deal in the offseason as well. In Indianapolis, who wins the week one matchup? Colts. 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 Lions. I got the Colts. I got the Colts, though. So now I got to turn the music back on because it's going to be America's Game of the Week, Giants and Cowboys. <laughs> now, this is the quarterback that I think is in a perfect position to be a, oh. a uh, be the leader, be the starting quarterback for a team for years to come, and that is Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott for the Cowboys. He, it couldn't come at a better time. Tony Romo gets hurt, of course. Romo's going to Romo. <laughs> Out six to ten weeks with a vertical injury and he gets a starting job yes the Cowboys get Mark Sanchez but that's more of a backup in case Dak Prescott s- somehow fails against the Giants going up against, Prescott Romos. going up against Eli Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. who Eli says that Odell's going to have the best year in his career and that he's better than ever and I also put a bet out there that if the Gi- if the Cowboys safety J.J. Wilcox alumni of Georgia Southern picks off a pass that was intended for Odell Beckham Jr. I will buy his jersey who wins America's Game of the Week it's America America's team, the Cowboys versus the New York Giants in NFC East action. What a more American game to start off with. I got yeah. Giants. 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 Let's go, boy. I, I picked the Giants to win the NFC East. However, I do hope Dak Prescott has a great first game as a quarterback oh, yes, absolutely. before the Cowboys. I, I really think he will be their franchise guy. You said that which, well, you said Carson Wentz was in a perfect position to be the franchise I quarterback. Did I, said, yeah, I, I do I, think Carson Wentz is. I, only because only because Romo's gonna come back and and Cowboys fans' hearts are with Romo no matter what nah. they say. No, they nah, nah. I think this one-two tandem of Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott like is going the new. They're, they're the, the new. new you gotta, it's going to be the new Cowboys. They're going to be the new boys, the yep. young boys. They're going to be the new Aikman and Emmitt Smith right there. I, I believe it when I see it. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that, but I just think they're going to have a good first year. However, Ezekiel Elliott will go off. No, I not. do think they'll have a good first game. I think Elliott will have over 100 rushing yards. I think Dak Prescott will have 250 passing yards, maybe even more. Maybe throw a touchdown or two, but I. See the Giants winning this game. Now, Sunday Night Football, the Patriots going up against the Cardinals. No Patriots brain. without Tom Brady for the first four games due to the flake gate going up against the Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald and Carson Palmer. This may be their last shot to win to go to the Super Bowl this year. Got demolished by the Panthers in the NFC Championship. Who wins week one in Arizona? Without Tom Brady, I got to go with Cardinals. Cardinals. Great. Uh, Palmer. Palmer and uh, and Fitzgerald and just that whole receiving core are so strong and ridiculous. Garoppolo is a joke. Go Cards. I got the Cardinals too. They're in Arizona. So Monday Night Football, a doubleheader starting off with game number one. The Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Washington Redskins. Redskins with Josh Norman and Kirk. You, you like, like that? that? You like that? I that, do like that. That was that, that was the that was the talk of all last year with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> going up against about. the Steelers who do not have a couple of players due to suspension. Martavis Bryant out for a year due to suspension. Le'Veon Bell out for I believe two or three games, but still got Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger, a great one-two connection right there. It's gonna be it's gonna be Josh Norman against Antonio Brown. Who win, who's gonna win this week one matchup in Washington? I've got the upset or Maryland. Washington. Really? Yeah, I do because I believe Antonio Brown can be a little bit sore from Dancing with the Stars. There's my little hint. I think Ben Roethlisberger is an aging dinosaur who needs to retire. He's got a little bit. He, maybe he's got a year or two left. I don't know. I don't see it personally. And I think that this uh, the Norman, the Norman on defense, and Kirk Cousins is really gonna have a great year. As much as I love Josh Norman. 
he has been in the media with the Redskins for the wrong reasons. I think and, took the words right out of my mouth. And I don't think that his debut with the Redskins is going to be good. I do think Pittsburgh's going to get the win. I don't know if it's going to be a large margin of victory, but I got to go with Pittsburgh. There's videos of him in from the preseason and their practices getting beat by Pierre Garçon mm-hmm. and by the Redskins receivers who don't whose names don't pop out to you like Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is the, arguably the best receiver in the NFL. One of the best yeah. receivers in the NFL. I think, I, in, in, in my personal opinion, I think he is the best, but that we're not that we're not going to get into that. Yeah. And I still think Ben, uh, no matter how old Roethlisberger is, he's still got Antonio Brown. He's still good. I, and I, I just I don't see Washington winning this game. I see I say Pittsburgh all the way. Steelers, I'm going to go to Boulder. Steelers with a shutout. All right. And the final game, L.A. Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. The Rams without number one pick, Jared Goff. He has just been ruled out for week one. So we'll have a new quarterback for them. The 49ers with Blaine Gabbard with a Colin Kaepernick backup who has made national attention. Does he sit? Well, here's a two-part question. Does he sit down during the national anthem and do the 49ers beat the Rams? Uh, yes, he will sit down in the set during the national anthem. Yes, they will beat the Rams. I have a better question, actually. Uh, do you think that there will be people that will join him? I think there will be. At le- I think there will be at most. I'm saying I'm going to give you a range here. I think this weekend you'll see three to five people sitting, like not standing up for the national anthem. Too. One of those will be the the Dallas Cop- the Seahawks player we mentioned earlier and Colin Kaepernick. Hmm. And I think the Rams will win. Okay. I think the Rams will beat the 49ers because you can't stop Todd Gurley, and uh, I feel like Kaepernick will sit. I got the 49ers, and I got a better prediction for it, a better outcome. Ooh. I think, I really do think that Colin Kaepernick will play in week one. No I, I think he will. Blaine Gabbert was just a pick-me-up just because Kaepernick was struggling. I think due to demand by fans and seeing that his jersey sales are going up, it may not be a coach decision. It may be an executive decision to start calling Kaepernick. Or not start him, but have him play. And I, I do mean, see him playing. But also on that side, they're paying him $114 million. They're That's, not going to pay him that much to sit on the exactly bench. So he's, he's going to play. Executives wanted to release Kaepernick, and apparently he hasn't thrown in practice for a since week and a half with a dead arm. He's not going to play. Well, then, man. Well... Play. I, I still see the 49ers winning the game. So that's all from the NFL here. Darn, we did a good 30 minutes of football talk. We got we just still got bow, bow. Yeah, we had to cut off some of those those talks about the games at the end there because we were going on yeah, so long. So, so, so here's what we're going to do. Now. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, Georgia Southern sports with volleyball and soccer, and we'll also finish out talking about baseball. We're in the final month of the regular season. Who's making the playoffs? Who's your pick to win the pennant? Will the Cubs have a chance to win it all this year? Will the Dodgers show up with a Clayton Kershaw returning this weekend? What's going to happen? We'll have all that for you and more on the final buzz when we come back. This is the final buzz on 91.9 The Buzz. Here on the final buzz of 91.9 The Buzz, Danny Wall, Jordan, Tony, Griffin, Lell, and Holding Galatis. Before we get into baseball, we have some Georgia Southern news to pop to, to talk about. For women's soccer, they beat Winthrop on the road. Final score three to two this past Saturday. This Friday, they play Kennesaw State. And Sunday, they play South Florida at high noon. Going to be good games for the Eagles. Also, they won that. 4-3 overtime matchup. We talked about that last week on the show, Jordan. Going to men's soccer, 
We talked about uh, a couple of their games. They beat Stetson in their first game. Uh, final score of 2-1, to one, but lost yesterday to Jacksonville 3-0. They played their first home game at Eagle Field this Friday. They played James Madison. Start time is at 4 p.m. So, guys, when you're sleeping in on Friday after turning up on Thursday night, come out to Eagle Field to catch the soccer game for the men's soccer team. Their first home game this season taking on James Madison. And for the volleyball team, last week has been a phenomenal week for them. They had their first slew of home games in Hanner Fieldhouse, which is so nice now. LED lights, oh, so a brand nice. a brand new atrium front. It's just great. They had the Bash in the Borough tournament, and they went a perfect sweep, 4-0, defeating Jacksonville State, Charleston, Southern Savannah State, and the Citadel. Myself and Jordan Tony were on the call there for a couple of those games. It was great this Friday. And they also had a game against Winthrop yesterday. They lost 3-2, to but that fifth set went a final score of 20 to 18. Of course, the fifth set in volleyball only goes to 15, contrary to the first four sets going to 25. So, overall, just a, a good effort there by Georgia Southern. They are four and four on the year. They have the Spring Hill Suites Inverts Invitational here at Hanner Fieldhouse this week, starting on Friday, lasting until Saturday. Uh, they play Buffalo, Wake Forest, and South Carolina all at home. South Carolina game on Saturday will be on ESPN3. This Friday is going to be an Athletics Fan Fest starting at noon. Volleyball plays Buffalo. Men's soccer at 4 against... against uh, go back go back to the thing, Jordan. Yeah. Men's soccer at, at 4 against James Madison. Then following that, women's soccer against Kennesaw State at 7. But at the same time, at 7 in Hanner Fieldhouse, Georgia Southern versus Wake Forest in volleyball. And then high noon, Sunday, Georgia Southern women's soccer against South Florida. Saturday, ESPN 3 at 6 p.m., Georgia Southern Volleyball against South Carolina. And they'll also play North Florida next Tuesday. So I don't think I'll be here to host the Final Buzz next Tuesday. It may come up after the game, but for the first half, I will be there doing play-by-play commentary on GS All Access for the team. So that's Georgia Southern. Let's go to baseball. We are in the final month of the regular season, and we are starting to see which teams are pretty much going to make the playoffs and which teams are not. So let's start with the American League. Toronto has a one-game lead in the AL East over Boston. Baltimore is a game behind. Baltimore game behind the Red Sox. Cleveland, a uh, four-and-a-half game lead in the AL Central. The Texas Rangers, best team in the AL, 82-56. and 56. The wild card is a little bit shaky. Boston has number one. Baltimore is tied with Detroit for number two. And Houston, two games back. The Yankees, three-and-a-half games back with Aaron Sanchez being a dominant force for the Yankees this month. What do you guys think about this last month of baseball in the AL? Well, I think, um, honestly, I'm surprised. That I, I'm just gonna say we haven't had taught much time to talk about baseball, so I'm surprised that Cleveland's doing this well. They're Cleveland, Cleveland has ever, been one of the talks of this season. Geez, they dropped since, my jaw to be honest. I they came out of nowhere. They started terrible, if you guys remember. They started maybe like it, it was almost as bad as the Braves were. It was the Cavaliers winning the championship yeah, that started the kickstart. That 13 game win streak, and ever since then they've been one of the best teams in baseball. Yep. So King James getting it done on and off the court for all of Cleveland. Um, Honestly, I think Baltimore and I don't know. I, Baltimore and Detroit, that's going to be interesting since they are tied for that second wild card spot, wild card spot right now in the American League. Um, I'm not quite sure who favor who has the strength of schedule favorites, but I'm pretty sure I would lean towards Baltimore in that situation. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm, I'm honestly hoping that Houston kind of surges in there because I love that lineup. They have got 
in my opinion, the best infield in all of baseball. So I think I hope that they can make a last, you know, last September run and make it to that last, snag that second wild card spot. But the National League to me is really where. Well, we're we're going to get to the National League in a minute. We're oh, going to talk about okay, American okay. First. Well, then for American League, I you know Toronto, Cleveland, and Texas; those teams are some of the top teams in the league right now in the um, MLB right now. But I, I hope I want Houston to win out. I I want Houston to get that second wild card spot, and I want them to make it to the playoffs. But right now, I'm I'm probably leaning towards Boston and Baltimore. Right now, the teams I'm looking at in the AL, um, obviously uh, the Blue Jays have been red hot. They've been they've been the most dominant team I would say out of any. In the AO, my team that surprised me the most has got to be their Texas Rangers. Um, yeah, they really they came out of nowhere after their after their couple years there they were good and when they won the pennant a couple times they really kind of hit a lull and uh, really I mean Prince I think Prince Fielder leaving the side I think that kind of has done better for the team since Prince Fielder's left they're seven and three. And uh, and looking looking to be on that upward slope, I really like what they're doing in their bullpen. They can go deep into games and not have to worry about a micro round pitching. So I really think that's what really is kind of like impresses me the most about the Rangers. And uh, I don't know. I, th- I think the AL p- uh, playoff race could be a very interesting one. I think when it comes to the, to the playoffs themselves, the American League is going to be very interesting and a lot have a lot of games and series going into. Game five, game six, game seven. All right, I'm going to say this. It's going to kind of hurt me to say this because I'm a Yankee fan, but I know they're not going to make the playoffs. But I see Boston and Baltimore. Okay, first of all, Toronto, Boston, and Baltimore, all three of them are not going to make the playoffs. Only two out of those three are going to make the playoffs. I know Boston's one of them. I don't know between Toronto and, and Baltimore because the Tampa Bay Rays. Look. Really? They're all in the AFC, in the, not AFC, in the, all in the AL East. <laughs> they all have to play each other multiple times and beat each other up. There's going to be one or two superior teams coming out of that, uh, coming out of that division, and the Rays can just play upset the entire time. The Yankees may have a chance to get into the into the wild card spot, but right now I only see Boston and maybe. Toronto or Baltimore making that making that slew because I do see Detroit coming up from behind and getting a wild card spot there. Uh, of course, Cleveland's going to win the division. Uh, Texas is going to win the division there. I don't see Houston making a run or Seattle. Don't don't sleep, you what though. Don't, don't sleep on Houston, man. I'm telling you, best infield in baseball. I, they're they've been on the come up ever since like All Star break. Don't sleep on them. Biggest shock though, I would say. White Sox. What happened to the White Sox? They I were the best that, team I, in baseball after two months. I, I was. I. I would. I never fully believed in that. I. I wasn't. But how could I, how could you not with Jose Bautista and Chris Sale? And Jose Bautista is a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. Not Jose Bautista. Um, Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu. Yeah. Uh, I'm so good with names. Y'all know this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, it's their pitching wasn't going to hold up for me. Yeah, they have Chris Sale, but like after that, they got James Shields. But that he has not panned out for them. So after that, can you name anyone? Uh, it's like, see. It's like they're pitching. You have to have pitching and make it in this league. And they just they they had good pitching at the time, but it wasn't going to hold up for me. So I never believed in that. Yeah, I got Cleveland actually. Either Cleveland or Boston taking the AL and going to the World really? Series. Yeah, really? I've got the. Uh, I've got to say, I think I don't know. Some, they got something special down there in Texas. I got the Rangers. I mean, it's honestly wide open. The AL is it's pretty wide open, and the NL is going to be tough. Let's go to the NL it's now. Be fun to watch both. The, the uh, just, NL East. Just out there. I said Cleveland and Texas with Cleveland, Cleveland. going to the World Series. Okay, uh, I got okay. So Washington Nationals leading the AL East. Uh, the Mets kind of slowed down a little bit lately. 
The Cubs, best team in baseball overall, 89 and 48. The Dodgers leading the NL West. They get Clayton Kershaw back on Saturday. Uh, the two wild card teams at the moment for the NL. San Francisco has the first one. St. Louis has the the second one. The Mets are a game behind. Pittsburgh four and a half games behind. But it seems like it's going to be between the the 49, not the 49ers, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Mets. Two of those teams are going to win the top wild card spot. Who do you see making the playoffs there, and who do you see winning that uh, NL? Winning the entire, like winning the NL championship yeah, series. Yeah, or who do you, who are your top two teams to make the NL championship series, and who do you have to win it to go to the World Series? Championship series, I got your Cubs. I hate the Nationals. They always do bad in the playoffs. This is a known fact. Nothing's going to change this year. They do not make it to the championship series. The Dodgers also do not play fair off too well in the playoffs. They do not make it to the championship series. It's going to be between the Chicago Cubs. Clap, clap, clap. And the San Francisco Giants. Every every two years, man. Yeah, I, I will two, agree with that. I every will two years. That every I, years. I, I, I was a baseball player. I follow suspicions like this like like nothing else, man. They win every – it's happened three times at this point. So they've got a very – okay, not a, a super young team. yet. It actually, they won 2010, 12, yeah. and 14. Yeah, that's how – yeah, it's already happened. 10, 12, and 14. So my point is they've got – a extremely experienced playoff team. Every almost, I would say, probably around 50, 60 percent of that team now has been at least one or two of those World Series. They've got the best catcher in baseball. They've got a dang good uh, like rotation with starting off with um, Madison Bumgarner, Johnny Cueto, and Jeff Smarja. And then if they can find a guy that can fill the fourth spot for at least for at least one of the game of series, for uh, maybe maybe not win it, but at least get them in the position to win Game Five. They can win these series. I know they can. They have got the offense to do it. They've got they're one of the best defenses in my opinion, and they've got like two years. I don't know, man. Twenty six even years. It's on their side, and it looks good for me for them. So I'm gonna go with the Giants and the Cubs. With drum roll, please. I'm gonna go with my previous statement and saying the Giants are gonna beat the Cubs and make it to the World Series. For the love of baseball, I want the Cubs to win. <laughs> This Agreed. Because if they don't win this year, they might as well never win it again. The stars cannot align any better for the Cubs. When they made the trade for the Rodgers Chapman from the Yankees, that right there was the final. Was the final it's a, piece. It's an overall perfect team. Like. It, it is a perfect team. I mean, who whose whole infield makes the All Star team? Like Addison, I didn't even think Addison Russell was going to make the All Star team in the shortstop spot, but he did. So I, I just. I just think that the Cubs are a dominant team in the NL. I do like Kershaw just pitching for the Dodgers, even though they're winning the division right now. But I don't know how they're going to fare in the playoffs. You say the 49ers because of superstition reasons. Giants. Giants. The Giants. My bad. <laughs> Daniel well, loves football. It, it's San, it's really San Francisco. Does. You know, it's San Francisco. <laughs> but I, I I, just, I, for the love of Look, baseball, I, I need the Cubs to win. Don't get me wrong. I love how good the Cubs are doing this year. Chris Bryant is my favorite player in baseball. I mean, in his first All-Star game, what does he do? First pitch, home run to left field. It is the All-Star game, but they actually try a little more in, in, yeah. in, in the MLB All-Star game. I love the Cubs. I really do. But the, they don't have they don't have enough playoff experience for me. And to make it to win a championship series, you've got to have a, a at least somewhat of a good bit, like a good dosage of playoff experience. I well, think they the got Giants Jason, have they got Jason Hayward. Jason huh? Hayward has playoff experience. With yeah, but Braves. Jason Hayward can win the World Series. 
All right, the Cubs can true. win the World Series, but true, but but like and like a couple of them do, like you say, like you know, like uh, John Lester has some playoff experience. Jason Hayworth has minimal playoff experience. Yeah. Most of those guys, but the, and if you look around that though, most of those guys are so young. They're so young. They had a little bit of playoff experience last year, but that's not yeah, enough to win. Yeah, I tell season. you, I tell you what, what it's shaping out to look like for me at least is a, another Cardinals wild card coming around the wild card win the World Series. Yeah, I will say the Cardinals, like the Cardinals, the Cardinals are the best in crunch time. That is that Except is true. The they have upset a lot of teams the last couple of seasons in the postseason, mm-hmm. so I can understand that. However, I just need the Cubs to win. If if the Cavaliers, I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see NL and, and NL Central uh, uh, championship. I really I really think it's going to be the Cardinals and the Cubs. This the is end. the year of miracles. Okay, in a, in a year in a in a year where. The Cavaliers can win a championship where Villanova can hit a game-winning buzzer beater on North Carolina national championship game, where Alabama has a dynasty of a team beating Clemson in the national oh, championship. Dynasty streak, go Giants! Like, uh, I, nah, man. All I'm saying is that it's, it's set up for the Cubs to lose it and break everyone's hearts, which they will. That is that is true. It is for it's the Cubs to win, it's and also it's, it's there is a take that they lose and they messed up so bad. But just think how Joe Maddon can come in there, leaving Tampa Bay, coming to Chicago, and turning that franchise around from the ground up. I really do want to see that. That's a hollow. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's all. I would say. Even if even if these Cubs never win a World Series, it, we, he's a Hall of Fame coach. All right, but now we got to do quick World Series picks. We got to get it in there. We got to make who gets to the World Series. We got to do World Series picks. Give me Cubs, Red Sox. I got the Cubs winning in six. Ooh, Red Sox, okay. No, 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 no not, not Red Sox. My bad. My bad. No, yeah, Red Sox. I do see Cleveland going to the NL, to the AL championship, but they're not going to beat Boston. Right. Um, drum roll, please. I, honestly, I got. Cubs, Blue Jays, and I got the Cubs. Okay. I got in the American League Championship Series, I got Cleveland and, um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a brain fart. Cleveland and the and Texas, Cleveland going to the World Series, Giants beating the Cubs in the NFL Championship Series, and the Giants winning the 2016 World Series. So didn't they win their fourth title in eight years? If they do, I will I will become or a Giants fan. Or seven years. I'll buy another Giants jersey. Yeah. <laughs> buy a Giants jersey. Now, Jordan, you are the sports director. We got about... Eight minutes left. Uh, are there any other stories that you have in mind about some crazy things that have happened? One I will say is that I just saw the video on Twitter of Jordan Southern's president, Jamie Herbert, following a police report with the Jordan <laughs> Southern Police Department, finding old Gus. Even the even the Jordan Southern president is in on this. Shout out to Jamie Herbert, by the way, president for Jordan Southern. I got a story. Uh, you know, not as big, but back on baseball topic. As a, I'm a Braves fan. And I love Dansby Swanson so so much. Just had his first career big league home run with an inside the park home run. Wow! Against Washington Nationals, and guess who threw? Guess who threw the ball home and missed? And he was safe. Bryce Harper. So Bryce Harper, you can. I I gotta be. Oh, Bryce Harper, you can go jump off a cliff. Thank you. Anyways, go Dansby Swanson. Uh, Griffin, you got any? Um, the Premier League or the just the general soccer transfer window closed. There was some drama at the end. If you are a soccer hater, I challenge you this: watch the Premier League this season because, as because literally, it's just the, all of the talent in the world, coaches and players alike, has now moved to England, and it's going to be the most fun to watch ever. So I challenge you, go Gooners! I, I challenge you that to, uh, to to start watching some soccer. I challenge you boys too, if you don't, to start watching because this is going to be a fun Jordan year. I call Southern soccer. I watch soccer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Tell 
talking about professional. I watch Torment FC. Yeah. <laughs> Torment uh, FC. Go Arsenal. Holden, this was one that you wanted me that I had to wait because we t- when we were talking about football, I talked about how I wanted the Vikings to sign Michael Vick. Uh, this is why I wanted the Vikings to sign Michael Vick. Of course, Teddy Bridgewater being an above-average quarterback at best, tears ACL out for a year, maybe even more. They go with a pass-first quarterback in Sam Bradford to trade. I think Michael Vick would have been the great replacement because Michael Vick has said he wants to play just one more year in the NFL. And why not put him on the team with that – you know, they're not going to pass that much. He can use his feet and run a little bit. You can hand the ball off to Adrian Peterson. You don't have to do that much work, to be honest with you. And, I mean, Minnesota is is known for bringing in veteran quarterbacks to have for maybe a season or two. I mean, goodness gracious, they brought in Brett Favre and went to the NFC Championship, lost to your Saints, of course. But, but still, they brought in a guy that was still pretty good, veteran quarterback, had a good arm, and who led that team to the NFC Championship. Why not give Michael Vick one final chance just to go out there and play, and then he can retire off in the sunset? They didn't believe in him. They thought they thought Sam Bradford, for some reason, was better than Michael Vick. And I mean, I can see if they wanted a because they know they have AP. If they wanted a guy that they think can throw the ball to their receivers, I think I guess they thought of all the quarterbacks out there. They thought that was um, Sam Bradford. So hey, you know, good luck for them. Mark Sanchez was out there, um, but you know, good luck to them. But I. Maybe maybe week eight if there's like zero and eight and Martin, you know they'll be like maybe we should have gotten Michael Vick and we'll be like you know Danny you were right. Well speaking of, <laughs> well speaking of Mark Sanchez, how do you think this is going to fare for the Cowboys now that they have Mark Sanchez who is I don't care what Let's y'all just, say he's not a good quarterback. <laughs> never, you got never. Dak Prescott is going to be the starter. You bring Sanchez in there for security reasons, but when Romo comes back, what is the quarterback situation going to be for Dallas midway through the season? I don't I, think Romo plays again. No, I, I, I I hope Dak Prescott Tom Brady's Tony Romo. I really hope he does. <laughs> and honestly, like if we're talking about backup quarterback situation, you know the the Cowboys needed a backup quarterback. They brought in Mark Sanchez. They still need a backup quarterback. That backup quarterback say, spot just, is still open for grabs for anyone. Cowboy, Cowboy fans better hope, better hope and pray that Dak Prescott does not get hurt because I can promise you, you will not want Mark Sanchez as your quarterback. You don't. I think, honestly, if you have anybody throwing it up to Des Bryant, it doesn't matter who it is. But uh, well, I, well, Dak Prescott threw like three touchdowns to him in the preseason. They already I'm make a perfect saying, team. <laughs> any of us could go out there and just throw bombs to, to Des Bryant and we'll look good. But. I he could maybe. It's just the young boys, man. I think. I think. Think about it. You look at this young Cowboys. You, you got the young boys. You got Dak Prescott. You got Dak Prescott as your quarterback, who was balling in Mississippi State, no matter what. Yeah. Did really well in the preseason. Ezekiel Elliott, who was balling last season at Ohio State, and is going to be a great running back. For the Cowboys. You got Des Bryant, who if, who, if he stays healthy, is a top five receiver in the NFL. I think that, looking at that on paper, I think... On paper, young, it looks good. But it then, looks yes, good. the Cowboys in the past couple years, and they could have all the talent in the world. And then, I mean, it is. I mean, true. I still I still pick the Giants to win the, to win the NFC East. But I just, I just think that the Cowboys will have a good enough season to keep Dak Prescott as their starting quarterback in the future. I don't think Tony Romo is going to be a liable quarterback going forward because he's had too many injuries in the last couple of years. If he's going to say he's healthy, then fine. He can say that he's healthy. But I just don't think... I don't like healthy Tony Romo. I've never thought that Tony Romo was a great quarterback. I mean, he's had some great years, but but Cowboys fans... 
make him overrated. He's over. He's overrated. Overrated. He is an above underrated. average. He is an above average quarterback who's had some pretty good years. But Tony Romo is not great. He is injury prone the last couple of years. He should not be the starting quarterback for the Cowboys when he comes back from injury, unless Dak Prescott is failing miserably and Mark Sanchez butt fumbles his way back to the bench. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let him live that down. Okay, Sanchez, your butt fumble. We all saw it. You will never live that. You down. will never live that down. That will be the number one. They had to most take that off of the not. What was it? The not, the not top, top ten. 10? The, the, they, they After like twenty were, weeks or something like that of reigning champion. All right, one one final one before we have to go I off got, the air. I got one more. Uh, you got I, one? I got one more. Is it, wait, wait. Is it about Troy Aikman? It is not. Oh, okay. What you got? All right, I got the Battle of Los Angeles happened this past weekend for oh, PWG wrestling. If you, are, if you are not watching independent wrestling right now, you are missing out because we are in the golden age. Me and Ben years. just we're just talking about that. We're going to pre-order all three nights. Nice. I watched the highlights for night one. It's crazy, so I'm going to get that. But the final one, uh, Skip Bayless is uh, just – I love how we all laugh. Skip Bayless has just um, – you know, he left ESPN first take and everything, signed with uh, Fox Sports, made, made $5 million this year, just had his first uh, – the first day of his show this morning with Shannon Sharp. I forgot. I think it was Undisputed or something. Yeah, it's rivaling – ESPN's first take with Stephen A because that show is going to be on, on every morning from 9.30 to 12, first take from 10 to 12. We're seeing about the Monday Night Wars who's going to have the best talk show. Who wins? First take or undisputed? I have... I don't know. I mean, I still think I still think first take. I don't like the new guy that got on first take, so I'm, I have to watch a little more undisputed to make it check. But I I always like Skip Bayless, so I think undisputed will be better. In I'm, I'm gonna go with first take because Disney owns everyone, and Disney then Disney always wins. So. All right. I'm going to go with first take just because it feels natural turning on ESPN. It feels like, it feels like I'm doing something weird I, on turning on Fox Sports. I think right now first take is going to win, but the way I see it, when you got, when you got a controversial guy like Skip Bayless and then followed by Colin Coward on Fox Sports, they're trying, they're doing it for ratings, man, and I think that they will have a great a great show, but uh, and I, I got to go I with first hate, take. And I just – and Stephen A. Smith just – it's sometimes the way he. he gets I, I so just mad, miss the dynamic between Stephen A. and Skip. I, I will miss the dynamic. The dynamic was something special, and there's something that they can't, that they're not going to be able to reproduce with these new people or Shannon Sharp with Skip Bayless. Yeah, but sometimes it was just like who has the who can scream the loudest. That's what it was. First take was at some point. That's but. not journalism, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. All right, we got a selection. Go. We're out of time here, so we got to go. This uh, this podcast will be on iTunes tomorrow. Thanks to everyone listening to the final okay, buzz. Guys. Appreciate you guys. Have a good uh, Holden Galatis, Griffin Lale. Jordan Tony, the sports What's director up? for WVGS 91.9 The Buzz, and the host of the Final Buzz, Danny Wall. Signing off, we will see you guys next Tuesday. Hey, this Southern. has been the Final Buzz on 91.9 The Buzz. Uh-huh.